Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, it's about that time, folks. Cavs, Knicks coming your way. Game one of their first round series later tonight. We have another episode of the Cavs Insider Podcast, as promised, here to break it down, dive into some of the X's and O's of this matchup, and get out of here with some final predictions for the series. It's another episode of the Cavs Insider Podcast, getting started right now. said we're back as promised with another episode of the Cavs Insider Podcast and this time we're here to dissect and dive into the X's and O's of this matchup between the Cavs and the Knicks obviously getting started later tonight those intros Tommy I'm still ironing out the kinks a little bit it usually That's takes me right. two takes right. <laughs> hopefully the Cavs come out a little bit better in game one than I've come out for these yeah. first couple intros so we'll see seriously <laughs> Um, yeah, no, very much looking forward to this game, though. We're going to dive into some of the matchup as a whole and some of the things that maybe the Cavs can exploit that, that versus what the Knicks are going to try to exploit. Um, I know Tommy has a lot of different things he wants to hit on in, in, in terms of matchups and, and who's going to guard who. And we hit on Isaac Okora as a big part of the last episode. And I know we'll talk about him today and his status for the game. But first, Tommy, um, we have had some action, not Cavs-related, obviously, throughout this week with the play-in tournament. And I got to say, I think for something that had a lot of people skeptical in the beginning when they sort of announced that this was going to be a thing that they did, I think it's – at least I've co- – I, I was always open to the idea, but I think especially this year we're seeing really, really good matchups um, and games that are coming down to the wire. I mean, that Lakers, uh, that Lakers game with Minnesota was awesome. You get uh, Dennis, Schro- Dennis, Dennis Schroeder hitting the, the game-tying three, and then Anthony yeah, Davis sort of having the brain fart there where he fouls them, and yeah. they go to overtime, and then they pull it out. But, yeah, I mean, these games have all been very enjoyable to this point. Obviously, we got a couple more coming up Friday as of recording this episode. But, um, but yeah, I think the play-in tournament something that maybe fans are starting to, starting to grow on them. For sure, and before we get into that, your tweet did make me talk a little bit about Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder's shoot. That was that was good. I did. Yeah, Schroeder, uh, Schroeder, Schroeder shoot, Schroeder's yeah. shoot. That was one of those. Um, I, I think I I quote tweeted it the next day. I said that's one of those tweets that you send it and you feel like it's a brilliant tweet that should go viral, and then it just didn't go viral. I was like, yeah. what the hell? Well, this what? is what good. This was one of my best tweets. Yeah, well, I did make me chuckle, so you had that going for it. <laughs> But no, I completely agree. This The plan tournament was something that when they announced it, I'll admit I was a little like, uh, I mean, what are we really doing this for? Is it for competition? Is it really just to have more play, playoff games? What's the point of it? I wasn't totally on board with it. Um, even the way that the whole structure worked, you're playing for the 7 and 8 seed. I thought it should be the 8 and 10 seed. You know, I, I don't know. I thought the structure was a little weird, but 
two, three years into it, I have to say, like, they have produced some pretty entertaining games. That Lakers game was fantastic. The Raptors game was great. Like, and you are seeing these lower seeds actually win some of these games. So it's shown that it actually is working. So, yeah, I think that just kind of on an, at an NBA point, um, and I know the Cavs were in it last year. The Cavs actually kind of got the uh, kind of got screwed in the last year a little bit. But I do think from a competitive standpoint, um, three, two, three, two, two or three years into it now, it, it is producing some good competitive games where we have seen maybe that lower seed shock some people and move into the playoffs that maybe they were didn't have that opportunity beforehand. So yeah, no, I think they've been fantastic games. What's also interesting too is we maybe were sort of suspect of it in the beginning. But it's interesting because, like, we think about the NCAA tournament, and we actually love this type of stuff. Yeah. We love the play-in teams that play in, and then those teams oftentimes make us sometimes make a run in the tournament because they, they, they're sort of on a hot streak. They beat, the, they beat a, to, a higher seed, and then they kind of go a couple rounds or maybe just two rounds, but we do enjoy that. I, I, the only difference, I guess, is that in the NBA – we all kind of assume that whoever wins this these games is just going to lose to, I mean, whoever gets the eighth seed in the East, whether it's the Heat or, um, sorry, the Bulls won. So who they who uh, the Raptors, right? right yeah. yeah. So whoever wins between the Heat and the Raptors, um, is going to just get the Bucks, and we think it's just going to be kind of like chalk, right? Um, now yeah. the Celtics maybe for the seventh seed a little bit better matchup because the Celtics haven't been playing as well lately, uh, or down the stretch of the season. There's some chinks in that armor, if you will. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you kind of hope for that, but I don't think we get the same results as we see maybe in the NCAA tournament when you get some of these lower seeds playing into it and then actually making a little bit of a run. For sure, and I do think that this might actually, in a year or two, start playing into the regular season a little bit too. If these 9 and 10 teams start giving the 7 and 8 seeds you know, a tough time, I think that towards the end of last month, you're going to see these teams really, I don't want to play in a plan tournament where the past might be okay, you know, for the seven or eight seed, we can just get through the plan and get to the playoffs. I think that we could start seeing coaches and teams, you know, push, we want to be out of the plan. We need to be in that top six. We need that five or six seed so we don't have to go to the playing tournament. So hopefully in the future, this could help that last month, month and a half of the regular season be a little more competitive too. So that was kind of just my quick thoughts on the NBA playing tournament. Um, it's, been a, it's been fun to watch, I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and I will say too, I think these games have kind of put in perspective just how competitive the NBA was this year. I think this is probably one of the more competitive seasons of my lifetime where there was no there's no like clear cut other than maybe the Bucks. There's no clear cut like juggernaut team that you just assume is going to the NBA finals. And even the Bucks like you know is is Chris Middleton going to be healthy? Is he yeah. going to stay healthy through for a playoff run? So there's some questions there. But other than them, I, there's not a lot of teams that you look at and say, like, it's obvious that this team's going to the finals. Like, we had numerous years when LeBron was here, and it was Cavs, Warriors every single year, and you just kind of knew that's what it was going to be. For sure. I, I think that there is not a clear-cut team that I, I feel completely confident in saying this team will win the NBA Finals right now. Um, yeah. you, you know, maybe this, that changes around in, and we really do see the Bucs are clearly the number one team. And right now, if I – you know, had to choose one, I'd say the Bucks, unfortunately, um, for Cavs fans. <laughs> but, I, I mean, absolutely. They're, the competition in the NBA right now is at a fantastic spot, I think. I mean, even like in the Western yeah. Conference, you're going to tell me that the Warriors aren't going to be able to take the Kings or um, those, those seven games. Like, I have confidence in them. They've, oh, the, the Warriors. Before. They can do it again. Like, 
yeah, the competition right now is fantastic. There was the all those reports at the end of the season that the Warriors wanted to get to the six seed because <laughs> they wanted to play the Kings. So yeah, right. you're 100 percent right. Like it's it's going to be fun. Uh, we're it, it's been a fun season. It's going to get more fun uh, ahead, especially here in Cleveland, where obviously we get to watch the Cavaliers and the Knicks play each other for a series that everybody seems to be predicting is going to be a long one. Everyone's mm-hmm. saying six games. Everyone's saying seven games. Tommy and I will give our official predictions. We'll etch them in stone right here on the Cavs Insider Podcast. So we'll get that to you um, coming up late at, towards the tail end of this episode. But I think where we should start, Tommy, is maybe just with the role of home court advantage in this series. Because I go into this one, and i got to be honest, like even though I have confidence that the Cavs probably are going to win, mm-hmm. um, especially because we don't know the status of Julius Randle at this point, um, or, or or how healthy he's going to be, assuming he does play, because I'm under the impression he's probably just going to get it out. Um, but I just – because the Cavs are a young team, I do worry a little bit that they're not just going to come away with winning the first two games simply because they're at home. Like, I, I worry a little bit that they drop one of these first two and they are going to have to go win one on the road, and we know that's been a tall task for them this season. No, absolutely. I um, I completely agree. Um, this is a young team. They've never played, for the most part, they've never played as a core in the um, playoffs before. Obviously, there's Donovan Mitchell's played in the playoffs before, Ricky Rubio, Karis Earth. Those guys have all had playoff experience, but not together. Um, and there definitely is that worry that they're, you know, it's going to be a lot for them. I do think having home court advantage is massive, though. They're going to experience that playoff atmosphere in their home, in Rock Mortgage Fieldhouse, their home court, where they played very well at this season, um, where they've you know, they haven't played well on the road, but they have played well at home. So I do think that's going to help them. And, you know, playoff atmosphere is different. It's totally different. It doesn't take – you don't have to play in the game to realize it. You know, the, the crowd is clearly more engaged. The towels, the matching T-shirts and all that stuff. Um, so I do think it's important. The extra large T-shirts, too. Yeah, <laughs> the extra large T-shirts. Um, I do think it's important for them to start out at home. I would feel a lot less confident if we were starting in New York. Yeah, I mean, listen, we know how good the Cavs have been at home this year, so that's that's massive that they do get the they, – they clinched home court. We know how important that was. I think that was a goal for a lot of Cavs fans this season. Um, that that youth, though, is the thing that kind of has me hung up. Like, I, I do wonder I, – I just – I don't know. Sitting here right now, I don't see them sweeping all four games at home. I just don't see it. And maybe it plays out that way, and it's hard to envision right now, but I just worry if they do – what happens from there? Can they win one on the road? I think they can. And I, I still maintain one of the biggest things for me going into the series, Tommy, is that the Cavs, as we know, have the best player in it with Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell. And given all the, the storylines surrounding him, specifically related to this series and this team that they're going up against, I just have to believe that there's going to be at least one game, at least one, where he just has to will the team to victory I, I could see maybe even two games or more where he potentially just like puts the team on his back and goes off because he's going to put on a show. And maybe that comes in a game three or a game four in New York where he's back in front of his family and friends playing for the team that he thought he was going to be playing for this season, and he just goes absolutely bonkers in, in, in Madison Square Garden. We'll see. But I because of that factor, that's why I, even though I see the Cavs maybe not holding um, holding serve at home throughout the series, why I do think – because they have Donovan Mitchell, it'll end up being okay because I think they could still get one on the road. Yeah, and I think that the Knicks could be having some similar conversations we are right now. Obviously, more of the, that roster's been to the playoffs. 
um, like Jalen Brunson, but has Jalen Brunson done it as a number one, especially if Julius Randle hasn't? He was with Luka all those years, where Luka clearly has the highest usage of that team. So I think they could be having those same, these same conversations right now, too. Can Jalen Brunson live up to the big moment? You know, he's had experience, but he hasn't maybe had that experience as the number one score, that one number one option, which, you know, who knows, will he be able to live up to it or not? So I do think there is more of a level playing ground than we maybe want to think. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to sort of leave that conversation is, you know, that it'll be fascinating to see how the the home court plays a role. We know Madison Square Garden is a is a can be a tough place to play, especially when the yep. Knicks are good. Those fans are pretty rampant. But I also though, I like I don't know. Part of it for me, if if you're worried about Madison Square Garden being some house of horrors or something, I don't I like I get it because it's 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 the mecca, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that. Because of that factor, it's also a place where players really go off. Like, how many guys get up for a game at Madison Square Garden? Which is another reason why, playing into what I said with with Donovan Mitchell, I'm not going into Madison Square Garden feeling like the Cavs have no chance to win there just because it's the playoff Knicks atmosphere. Like, guys, no. Like, I I think that's a place that gets people to play up to their their best potential even because of the stature that comes with it. I want to ask you this. Um... How much do you think bench depth actually matters in this series? This has been a point that everybody has harped on for really the le- since we kind of knew this was going to be the matchup. That when you're talking X's and O's and you're sort of going down the list of who has the best player, you know, check the box. Who has the uh, best, you know, point guard? Like you're going kind of position by position. You're doing all these different things. Everyone's always conceded that yeah. There's no question about it. The Knicks have the better bench of the two teams. They have a more consistent bench of the two teams. They're deeper. And that's been proven by the fact that the Cavs are one of the worst scoring benches in the league. But in the playoffs, Tommy, we when these teams play, like your starters are playing 40 plus minutes every single game. Like it, it's 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 you're putting all the chips in the center of the table. So I don't know that the depth thing, the depth issue for the Cavs is going to be as big of a problem as it, as maybe we're making it out to be against this team. I, again, I admit the Knicks have a better bench. If you get into a game where maybe somebody's in foul trouble and the Knicks are able to kind of ride their bench while some guys sit out, then yeah, maybe that's a game you lose because their bench is better than your bench. Fine, but I don't know that I'm going into the series overly worried about that point just because I know the starters are going to be playing the bulk the bulk of the minutes. Yeah, I, I kind of I tend to agree with that a little bit. I do think it matters. It's not like a non-factor, especially, you know, we talked about injuries, who's playing, who's not playing. I mean, God forbid something happens to someone on the court. Like, it, it does matter. But like you said, when you get into the playoffs, your starters are playing the bulk of the minutes. I do think that having a good six-man, like Karis LeVert, um, and then seven-man, too, however that's going to end up being in this series, I think those two matter quite a bit but once you get past that i mean <laughs> you're really not having a nine ten man rotation in the playoffs yeah. it's just not just not how it works. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, how's the saying go? I think you you play eight and trust six or something like that, or play yeah. eight and trust seven. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that kind of applies here, and that's kind of been the Cavs mentality all season, and JB's pretty, been pretty adamant that he's not going so deep into the bench. He's capping it at, like, nine players, and I think that's fine. want to apologize, by the way, for anybody watching via YouTube. I know I keep adjusting. I didn't realize how, how sharp and severe – this uh, the light from this window was coming through, so I'm trying to make it so that at least there's not a massive glare on my well, screen. We better. weren't prepared for this beautiful Cleveland weather this week, so yes, yeah, so well, <laughs> and it's it's apparently going away next week because we're that. supposed to get snow or something. I, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, um, yeah luckily Tommy got out and played golf this week. I, I was I was stuck inside, so every I didn't day. get a chance to do every day. <laughs> did you have a good? How'd you how'd you play? Were you did you have a good round? Was it all right? Was this your first round? This is this was not my first round. I played Sleepy Hollow today. Oh, okay. I shot a 104. So I will take you that go. for April. I, I will absolutely <laughs> take that, of course. And the 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 uh, positions of the, the flags today were terrible. I mean, they were <laughs> when I say terrible, they were great, but like they were some tough holes. So well, I'm glad Tommy got out and got some golf in. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I'm I'm very far behind in that in that world. I have to get caught up here as we uh, get start to get to the nicer weather. But back to the Cavs. <laughs> Um, we talked, we touched on the bench. We touched on home court. Another thing that I know you sort of brought up and wanted to dive into on, uh, the, the show earlier in the week was just about the size of this Knicks team and how they have been one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA this season. I want to say they rank third overall in the NBA in rebounds. Yes, that's correct. Or offensive rebounds per game. They're third and they're also third overall in the league. So and I, we also know that in three out of the four games that they played against the Cavs, they out-rebounded the Cavs. Now, the, I'll say this. What's always blown my mind about that, I feel like the Cavs get out-rebounded a ton. And they I've have two seven-footers. I've noticed that, too. And the box scores, they, it's, it's a common trend that they get out-rebounded. I mean, like, and you have two guys that average, like, ten rebounds a game. But outside of that, yeah, it gets a little worrisome. And it, I think that this is going to go into the way that JB creates the lineups for this series. I mean, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, obviously your two starters. But what if one of those gets into foul trouble? Yeah. Who's going to go in? Is it going to be Dean Wade? Is it going to be Robin Lopez? Like you, I don't think that Lamar Stevens is going to be a great power forward in this series. I don't think Jetty Osmond is going to be a great power forward in this series because they just don't stack up to the, the height of the Knicks. And I, I think that could be an issue for – the Cavs that people may might not want to admit, but I absolutely think that could that could be an issue for him. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, that's probably outside of, I guess, the bench, which I'm not overly concerned about. That is probably one of the things that has me a little bit worried because if the Knicks get a lot of offensive rebounds, which they have done all season, again, I said it, third in the league in offensive rebounds per game. If they do that in this series and in any of these games, and it's creating second-chance buckets, which is really the thing we saw in that last matchup. Now, again, there's context there. No Jared Allen in that game. No Isaac Okora in that game, of course. But they got out-rebounded in that one, I believe, the worst of all the games. It was 48-33. to 33. And so, yeah, it was, it was not good. And again, context matters. I get that. But if you're if you're having that happen, and they're getting a lot of second chance points, that doesn't bode well for Cleveland. They can't be getting bullied on the boards to the point where the Knicks are just getting second, third, fourth chances at shots. You need to stop. You need to get these. You need to force missed shots, get the boards, and then be able to go on offense yourself and execute that way. You can't allow them to just keep getting put back after put back. And that is something that does have me a little bit concerned going into this series. Yeah, I think that's my biggest concern is their size and their rebounding ability. It's going to be a challenge. And I think that, you know, Mobley and Allen are going to have to average 10 rebounds a game if they if they want to succeed on that end of the floor. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty much solely on them. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, it, it, I, f- I found it bizarre that at times this year they're getting out-rebounded with two seven-footers on the floor at the same time. Um, but that's something that is going to be very important for this series is how they do in the interior, how they do on the glass, and it's going to be driven, obviously, by those two guys, first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the injuries here, because we know that's maybe the biggest factor at play in this series. Maybe more so on the Knicks side, where you have one of their, if not their most important player in Julius Randle, who is still dealing with his injuries. And as I last saw, I believe he's listed as questionable Going into the game, this is as of Friday. So, again, it might change by Saturday morning when this goes out, um, for those of you listening. But um, as far as we know, as of recording this podcast and this episode, listed as questionable for game one. Now, that's a big factor, obviously, because we know how important he is to this team. He's one of their primary scorers, and he carries a lot of the workload. The offense kind of starts with him and Jalen Brunson sort of playing alongside. So if they don't have him, I think, I think, I mean, listen, I think the Cavs win easily if Julius Randle isn't playing, just because I don't know that even in that game a couple weeks ago, we saw JB, even with even without Jared Allen and, and Isaac Okoro, I don't know that JB was just like throwing all his ideas out there on, and trying to sort of execute how they're what they would do against a team without Julius Randle. So I'm not really overly worried about from a, game plan perspective that he doesn't have some sort of plan in place um i i think most pundits are going to pick the Cavs if julius randall is limited in the number of games that he plays in this series uh we don't know if he'll play in game one or not i think ultimately tommy for for him specifically i think i don't know maybe he's gonna miss game one just based on what we're kind of hearing that he hasn't been cleared for contact and that's not a good sign but i think he's gonna he's at some point he's gonna come into the series and he, he yeah, I mean, he's gonna gut it out to the best of his ability. Like I just, right. there's no way he doesn't play to some to some extent. Yeah, this is all hands on deck. It's the playoffs. I mean, if you're, he may not be 100. percent He probably won't be 100 percent even if he does play. But it's the playoffs. If you can, if you can play, if you can run up and down the floor, you're gonna be in. Especially um, if you average 25 points a night, like that, like he does. So yeah, absolutely. 
he's, he's going to play eventually. May not be game one, may not be game two. Maybe they save him for to make when they return to New York. Maybe maybe that's what the choice is, but he's gonna he's gonna show up in the series eventually. Well, and that's huge too. Like if that's what they end up doing, if the if the execution of his return ends up being, let's see how it goes in Cleveland, and then you know we'll bring you back for Game Three. That means holding serve at home for the Cavs is so important. Oh yeah. The start of the series, you got to win these two if Julius Randle doesn't play. Because if you go to New York with him coming back. Not only is that going to energize the crowd, but you know you have a little bit more. Uh, you'll get a little bit more of a, of a. With Julius Randle in the lineup, you're going to get something from him, even if he's not 100. Yeah, percent So you know sure. there's there's a little bit more to worry about there. But then also you got to think that lineup playing around an injured Randle is going to step their game up because they don't want to let him down. So there's yeah. a lot that kind of comes with that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I know we're talking about Game One right now, and of course Game One is the most important game. But I, I do think win or loss for the Cavs on tomorrow or today, whenever you're watching this. Um, I do think that game two is going to be, might, might be the most crucial game of the series. If the Cavs win, keep it going. If they lose, you got to win. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to win one of these games. And I've, I'm, I'm at a point where with a lot of these series, especially when they're evenly matched, like everyone's saying this one is, um, I kind of concede that whoever is going to be hosting game three. So the team who has, doesn't have home court, um, they're just going to win game three. I always just kind of assume that because there's always like an energy that comes with the turning home. There's momentum, adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes like if you're down 2-0, you come back and you got some, you know, there's there's a lot of um, motivation on your side yeah. because, you know, you can't fall down 3-0. So, yeah, there's a lot in, that goes into that. But I for sure think that um, I, I kind of just have a feeling the Knicks are going to win game three no matter what. But, yeah, that's why I think holding serve at home these first two is going to be crucial. The other player that we know obviously is injured on the Cavs side of things is Isaac Okoro. We talked about him in the the, epi- the the last episode as well a little bit and just his importance on the on the court. I get it. Isaac Okoro, if you don't have him, it's not – like if the Cavs lost this series and Isaac Okoro didn't play, I don't think people would be looking back and blaming like Isaac Okoro. Like it wouldn't be like, oh, it's his fault we lost. If he was out there, the series no. would have been different. Like they're not hinging it on that, but – I don't think it can be understated his importance in this series because of, again, the likely one-on-one matchup that he'll have with Jalen Brunson. Whether Julius Randle's out there or not, we know if he's not out there, that's your primary score. So mm-hmm. Isaac Okoro trying to lock him down is key. If Julius Randle is out there, that's your secondary score, and the offense is kind of being facilitated by him. So, again, it's immensely important that you have a good defender on him. Lamar Stevens didn't do so well against him in that, that last time they met. So having a Coro back is obviously a massive thing. And from all things that we're, we're hearing, it sounds like Isaac Okoro is likely to be back for the start of the series here on Saturday night. Yeah, I think that um, he is definitely a difference maker. If they win or lose, it's not going to be on his shoulders, but he is a difference maker. He's, he plays incredible defense. Yeah. He may sometimes in the moment you get frustrated watching him play offense, and I get it. But I don't think you can take away what he provides on defense. He is such a good defender. He's such a good on-ball defender. He's such a good off-ball defender. He just is this athletic uh, piece of that defense. Um, Like you said, that most likely will be guarding Jalen Brunson. Um, And obviously other players can do that, but not to his ability. Um, So, yeah, I I think that, you know, he will be a difference maker whether they win these first two games, if he plays in one of them, if he plays in the second game. Um, or later on in the series, because he's another one too. I, I do think, just like Julius Randle, if we don't see a Coro in the first game, if we don't see him in the second game, he will show up. I, I 
if you're able to play, even if it's not hundred percent, this is the playoffs. You're, he's going to show up eventually. Yeah. Um, and I do think that he, he is a difference maker in the series. This feels like a massive heel turn for me because I'm usually rip, ripping on Isaac Okoro <laughs> and saying that he just is he's he, the, the ball stops when it gets to his hands and there's nothing like offensively. That's, he's just, the, since the turning point in 2023, yeah. I mean, January, he's been fantastic from three. He, he has been better. He it's has not, been better. It's not a high volume of shots, but he doesn't need to when you have Garland and yeah. Mitchell on the floor. For sure. He, he's been better. We know he hit that game winner a couple weeks back, <laughs> and that was massive for him. First time he's done that. I, I, I am conceding at this point that he's been better since the turn of the year, but there's still have been these stretches even in this calendar year where he just goes ice cold. And it's just like, dude, what are we getting from this guy? And that's that's been frustrating. So, uh, But the defensive end, like, I can't understate that. Like, I... I I can't sit here and pretend like his presence out there won't make a difference in this series. It'll help. It, it here's the, here's what I'll say: if he goes on this cold streak like he k- tends to get on at times, then yeah, there might be a point where JBS to pull the plug and put somebody else out there, even if he's doing a good job on Jalen Brunson. Because if the offense is just like you're passing the ball to him and they're just lagging off and telling and daring him to shoot, then that's not going to bode well for. Um, the Cavs offense, but from a defensive standpoint, like we're expecting he's going to garb Jalen Brunson. And that is going to be huge, obviously for trying to stop what the, what the Knicks want to do. And so I, I think I, I have to, even though I've been hard on him at times, I have to accept that he's going to play a crucial role in this series real quick here. Um, we'll give our picks in a second, but give me one other player on either on both sides that you think is kind of an X factor for their respective teams. I'll start with the Knicks. I, there's one player we haven't talked about yes, yet today, and I think it's one of the reasons that the Knicks are a fantastic rebounding team, and that's Josh Hart. You yeah. haven't mentioned his name. I was going to pick the same guy, so we're on the same page. <laughs> he, with this. he, I think he might be one of the most underrated players in this series. He may not drop 40. He may not drop 30. He might drop 20. He's not necessarily <laughs> the scorer you're going after, but I, I think he's one of the best rebounding guards in the league on top of the yeah. Knicks already having that size. I think he's going to be a huge X factor for them. If he plays well, then I think the Cavs could also find themselves in some, some trouble there. Yeah, that, he, that was a great addition for them at the deadline. We know the Cavs were also interested in him, but obviously didn't pull the trigger. Um, I'll, go, I'll, I'll, I'll do our Cavs X factor then, and I'm going to sort of stick with what we talked about the other day and just say Karis LeVert. Uh, we talked about bench scoring. We, we joked about the, you know, play seven, trust six, play eight, trust seven. And he's one of those six or seven that you, you're trusting. Like when you go to him, when you give somebody a blow to, to take, a, take a breather on the bench, you're hoping that he comes in and can still provide some offensive spark, uh, especially when you're going up against a Knicks second unit like we know that has been very, very good this year. So, yeah, I and do think he's going to be key in this one. His defense has been fantastic. I oh, yeah. I can understate that. His defense the past month has been top-notch both ends of the floor he's been superb you're 100 right about that all right let's get out of here tommy with the moment you've all been waiting for if you stuck around for all 28 (laughs) minutes to this point it's because you wanted to hear our predictions for Cavs Knicks. tommy i'll let you go first i'll go last and i'll get us out of here all right i'm gonna go Cavs in six Mm. Cavs in six i think they're gonna drop one at home these first two games i don't know if that's the first game i don't know if it's the second game I think they'll drop one. I think they'll head back to New York, tied one one apiece. And then in New York, like you said, game three, it kind of usually goes to whatever that team. So they're going to be is. down 2-1 then at one point. They're going to have to dig I themselves out. I think they're going to be down 2-1 at one point. Mm. 
Then they're going to come back in New York, tie it up, make it a best of three of five at that point. Math, yep. And then, they're, wait, no, two of three. <laughs> two of three. I was gonna say Math that, was never our subject. No, no. no. I was going to say that didn't sound right when I said it. So it would be a, um, a quick best of two of three. There we go. And I think they're going to win those last two. So I, right. I think we'll be facing elimination at one point, but we've seen the Cavs um, in the last, the flip it on towards the end. And I think it's going to be the same thing with the series. Maybe it's give us give us a little scare, maybe give us some things to talk about, and then close yeah, I mean, it out, it, shut it down in those last two games. If they fall behind 2-1, I, I'm, I'm already anticipating the fire JB uh, oh, signs and tweets and all of it's it. Like, people, people are going to be ready to move on from him. Uh, I'm also going Cavs in six. I'll say this, Cavs in six, if Julius Randle plays – if he doesn't play, I say Cavs in five. It's a gentleman's sweep. I think the Knicks would still get that third game maybe at home, but I think the Cavs would take care of business. A lot of confidence today on the yeah. Cavs Insider podcast. Cavs in six for, for sure. me. Cavs in six for Tommy. We'll put it out there on social media as well and let you guys graphic. know where we yeah, were yeah, at. Graphic. I, I, yeah, I'll, uh, Tommy, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to work on something like that, hopefully the next day or so. But appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Again, the game is a mere hours away. It's coming up. Cavs versus Knicks in the first round of the postseason as they get ready. Six o'clock tip coming your way tonight over at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Let's hope before it's the Cavs. Get, Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, before we get out of here, we I know that the podcast hasn't been, has been kind of um, sporadic over the past few months, but especially through this Knicks series, me and Spencer are going to be jumping on here and breaking down each game, talking about different storylines. So make sure you come back yeah. and watch um, what we had to say. About it's a it. good plug. Yeah, we definitely want to try to be more consistent, especially throughout the playoffs with it. So we're going to try to time it out where at least once or twice a week we're jumping on and, and having some conversations about the games and where the series is at. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to follow along with all things Cavaliers related throughout this series over at CavsInsider.com and on social media at CavsInsider underscore FN. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Go Cavs.